Today I will explain to you my position on why you should stop preventing users from creating their own teams and sites in SharePoint Online and Microsoft 365. Welcome to the SharePoint Maven podcast. If you are an end user, power user, or administrator frustrated and overwhelmed with all the constant changes happening in SharePoint Online and Office 365, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each week, you can expect easy, insightful, and actionable steps that will help you correctly set up and adapt to SharePoint and Office 365. And now, your host, Greg Zelfand. Hello again, this is Greg from SharePoint Maven, and welcome to episode number 40 of SharePoint Maven podcast. So if you have been listening to my podcast, uh, you probably know by now that every fifth episode, I tackle the actual questions I receive from my clients and loyal blog callers. And today's episode will be about Teams and SharePoint site, specifically about the ability for users to create SharePoint sites, to create Microsoft Teams themselves. So the question really is, is this okay for the users to create their own sites, to create their own teams, or is this something that should be disabled in Microsoft 365 environment? So let me take this opportunity to uh, explain what this issue is all about and explain to you my arguments, my position on the topic. So first, here is what it's all about. By default, uh, in Office 365 and Microsoft 365, any regular user can create their own site. Any regular user can create a team site. Any regular user can create a communication site. There are actually more than 20 places where users can create, uh, let's say, a team site from. They can do it from SharePoint. They can do it from Outlook. They can do it from Planner, Microsoft Teams, etc. doesn't really matter. The end result is the same. And when they create uh, a new team site, let's say in SharePoint, uh, it doesn't just create a site, right? It creates uh, all these other applications that are tied through the Microsoft 365 group. So, for example, if the user chooses to go to SharePoint start page, you know, hit that create a site button and create a team site, the user would end up with uh, a SharePoint site, obviously, plus uh, the email distribution list for the group, an Outlook calendar for the group, uh, a place in planner, and an ability to create uh, and connect actually uh, a Microsoft team later on as well. Alternatively, the user can just navigate to Microsoft Teams, uh, hit create a team button. And again, the user would end up with uh, everything I listed uh, to you already. Uh, obviously the user will get a team, a SharePoint site, calendar, and all the other stuff that is a part of Microsoft 365 group. So the question really is, is this normal, all right? Uh, is this the new normal? Uh, is it okay for our end users to create sites and groups and uh, calendars and email distribution lists and teams in Microsoft 365? So let me break it out all for you uh, and explain to you my position and my arguments and my opinion, I guess, on the topic. In the past, obviously, users never had such an ability uh, to create any of these elements I just listed. All of these uh, elements were tightly, tightly controlled by uh, an IT department. So, for example, if the user, you know, needed a new site, uh, you know, they usually needed to contact IT for that. If they needed uh, a creation of the distribution list, again, users needed to, to contact IT. And the same applied to other elements and other capabilities the user needed. If we forget about SharePoint for a second, um, if let's say an organization was using uh, some sort of file share on-premises, right, a network drive uh, to collaborate on documents, 
Uh, again, the file share was usually uh, tightly controlled by the IT department. Essentially, IT would create uh, the, the drives, the, you know, map drives, uh, and users, the only capabilities they had was really the ability to create, you know, maybe subfolders on a given drive. But that was in the past. Fast forward to today, and now it's a completely different story. We now have tools such as Dropbox, Box, uh, Google Apps. Not to mention we now have uh, a whole set of dedicated uh, tools, let's say, for project management, uh, like Asana. So what started happening is that when users needed uh, to collaborate and, uh, let's say, even exchange documents um, with an external party, uh, they didn't need to contact IT all of a sudden. They could just sign up for, you know, Dropbox, use a personal Dropbox, use a Google personal Google Drive, or uh, sign up for Google Apps, and essentially start using the tool pretty much within a few minutes. So what we're absorbing in Microsoft 365 is really Microsoft pretty much matching the capabilities of the other uh, applications uh, of the other tools. All right. Uh, if you can go ahead and sign up for Google Apps and you know Dropbox and uh, uh, pretty much uh, start using them on day one, why not? You know, have the ability to create a team and have all the tools residing within the Microsoft 365 ecosystem and start pretty much collaborating uh, immediately as well. So, what's the problem with this then? Well, the biggest argument uh, that you would hear, and it's a valid argument, and I uh, agree with this argument. Uh, is the fact that each and every time somebody creates a, a team, let's say in Microsoft Teams, uh, it creates all these other applications uh, as well. Uh, it creates a SharePoint site, it creates a, a distribution list, it creates a calendar, uh, it creates a, a workspace and planner, uh, Power BI, uh, it creates a group in Microsoft Stream. So from IT management perspective, it can definitely become a huge issue. Uh, for example, uh, in the past, right, uh, if you are a system administrator, an IT, um, you know, admin, let's say, and uh, you were able to tightly control uh, the naming convention, the, uh, you know, the number of, let's say, different distribution lists, then all of a sudden when somebody spins up a new team or creates a new team site, uh, all of a sudden you have another, uh, another, you know, email address created automatically. So definitely, definitely. Uh, it can create additional workload for the IT team and additional overhead uh, to manage all that. So there is a way to uh, prevent that. There is a way to disable uh, site creation. There is a way to prevent, uh, you know, group creation, team creation. Uh, ironically, it's not very easy to do. It's not uh, something that's actually possible out of the box. Out of the box, you can only disable, uh, you know, site creation uh, on a SharePoint start page. Uh, but there are many, many other ways for users to create a new a site, a new group. And there is a, a set of PowerShell commands uh, for IT uh, to execute that will ultimately uh, prevent users from creating those uh, groups and sites. Um, they will actually, the, the way this works uh, with this PowerShell commands, you pretty much prevent uh, the general population, if you will, uh, all right, your user base from creating uh, those groups. But you can actually designate uh, a set of users, a specific group uh, that will ultimately be responsible for uh, teams and you know site and group creation. There is really only one scenario where this particular uh, logic, this particular mechanism will work in my opinion. And that is 
if your um, approval process, if your site creation process is really streamlined and quick. If you took an ability for me to create a team, if you took ability from me to create a team site so I can start collaborating with uh, internal and external users, and I have to wait for you know the whole week or several days uh, even to uh, collaborate and for you to create a site for me, well, guess what? Screw it. I'm not going to uh, you know, worry about it at all. I'll just use my Dropbox or I'll create an account on Slack uh, and you will not even know. And there is no PowerShell command you can run in this case, right? I will just use my own set of tools. Uh, again, you might not even know that I'm using those tools and storing the data elsewhere. And that actually brings me to another big argument that I have, and that is the fact that your data will reside elsewhere. Yes, I agree. It might be uh, an extra headache, you know, to maintain all this additional groups and teams. But think about this: at least your data resides within your Microsoft 365 account, within your Microsoft 365 tenant. Uh, when it does reside inside of your tenant, you can monitor me, you can audit me, you can enable retention policies so the content cannot be deleted. You can maybe apply sensitivity labels, all right, to enforce data loss prevention. So there are all sorts of things you can do to control the data when it resides in your environment. This is not the luxury you have if I chose to uh, hold my conversations in Slack or uh, you know, store my data in Dropbox or Google Drive. So how do we mitigate the whole situation then? Well, the answer is simple, training. Unfortunately, the only reason why uh, this situation occurs where users just you know, creating you know, hundreds and hundreds of sites uh, without even knowing that they're creating sites is due to the lack of training. As soon as your users understand the impact of their actions, you will see less and less of teams and sites created an error. Uh, the problem is that at least I observe is that um, users just don't understand that when they create a new team, you know, to chat, it creates a, an email distribution list, it creates a site and a bunch of other things. Maybe instead of a new team, it should have been a new channel uh, within an existing team. Or maybe it should have been a private channel, all right? Again, within the, the existing team, just to hold those, you know, private conversations uh, separate from the, you know, general team. Or maybe you know, users just needed a place, you know, to hold, uh, you know, team meetings. And in that case, they didn't need the team at all, right? Uh, this is something that's already built in. This is something, you know, you have the ability to have personal chats, you know, one-on-one -on -one or one-to-many chats already and have, uh, you know, teams calls uh, without uh, a new team being created. Another culprit for creation of uh, many, many different, uh, you know, groups and sites is Planner, all right? Sometimes, Users need uh, a place to manage uh, tasks and they create a new plan. And instead of connecting a plan to an existing group, all right, an existing team, if you will, they create a new plan, a brand new plan, and that obviously creates all these other assets automatically as well. It's like when you're trying to lose weight, you do not uh, eliminate the food, right? You don't take food away from yourself. There are other things that you usually do to lose weight, like exercise, for example. Same idea with uh, Teams and SharePoint. Do not take that ability away. Instead, train. Train your staff on do's and don'ts and the consequences of their actions. If you are part of a large organization with hundreds and thousands of users, I can definitely see why you would want to disable site creation and group creation 
uh, and and then only allow maybe a select group of IT users uh, to be able to do that. But again, this will only work if you have a really simple, intuitive, uh, streamlined process for teams and uh, group creation. If I submitted my request on Monday morning and it's uh, uh, you know end of the day on Tuesday and I still don't have a site where I can collaborate, you know what, forget about it. I'm going to use Dropbox. Obviously, there are things you can do to streamline the process, all right, uh, with approvals and and even uh, site creation, automatic site creation based on uh, the submitted uh, form. Uh, obviously, for that you would need to use uh, Power Automate. Uh, but again, you know, if you do go that route, make sure to make your process really simple and quick. I think that's all I wanted to share during this particular episode. Uh, we'll be happy to hear your opinion. So drop me an email at greg at sharepointmaven.com and let me know how you have it set up in your organization and what your thoughts are on this topic. But for now, thank you very much for listening and talk to you next week. Goodbye. Thank you very much for listening to the SharePoint Maven podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. 